Hey, Struggleberries, before you get into this episode, I just want to give you three things to think about during this episode. One, please wear headphones or earbuds. I think it'll make your listening experience so much more pleasurable. Two, listen with an open mind and an open heart. When you combine those two, you learn something new. And three, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you thought of this episode or any of the previous ones. Your feedback is so important to me, and I want to make this better for not only myself, but you too. So contact me at Struggleberry Crunch on Instagram or at strawberrycrunch at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and the episode starts now. Hello, Struggleberries. Welcome to Struggleberry Crunch a great podcast to help you navigate your life and explore the flavor of your struggle. I'm your host, Tariana. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're coming back, so glad you're here. On today's episode, with the help of our special guests, we're going to talk about self-love through fitness, specifically the struggle of comparison, overcoming self-sabotage, and the benefits of accountability. Sound good? Awesome. Let's introduce our guest. Today's guest is a certified personal trainer and health coach. For the last few years, he has been growing and shaping his mindset while adding value and inspiration to the fitness industry. With a passion for improvement and desire for change, he is living proof that fitness can lead you down a path of self-love, fulfillment, and great mental health. To all my struggle berries out there, please welcome Jafari. Hey, Jafari. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I cannot complain. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing good as well. I'm so excited that you're on today. And um, before we get into the struggle of comparison, in your own words, what does self-love mean to you? Honestly, that's a great question. What self-love to me means is just the value and appreciation of a working, able body to be able to output what I desire what I want to do mentally than to be able to output that physically. And I believe that's like an ultimate self-love. I think that's really powerful statement. I don't think they tell you this, but self-love is tough love. Cause I think they just Mm -hmm. make it sound pretty, (laughs) but it's really like the stuff we don't want to do. That's going to make us the best person that we can possibly be. How did you get into fitness? What's the story? It's kind of weird because um, I grew up as a kid who would play like activities and sports outside with my friends, I've always wanted to play sports, you know, like on a team and be part of that brotherhood, that sense of like, okay, hey, I'm on the football team, on the basketball team. But growing up, my mom just could not afford anything to like put us in anything sports wise. So I never played any sports my entire pretty much child. Yeah, I've never played any sports. I didn't play sports in elementary, middle school or high school. The only time I was able to really get active is just when I would just play with my friends on the weekend when I wasn't studying. So Actually, I didn't get into fitness until I joined the military. So when mm-hmm. I joined the military, they had us training. And as I was training and as I'm working out, I'm just like, man, something about the feeling, the adrenaline, the fatigue, just everything about it. I was just loving it. And then I kind of joined thinking like, man, I was always so nervous because I was so afraid of failing my fitness test. I was so afraid of like, man, I won't make enough pushups. I won't get enough. And then I was like, you know what? I have nowhere else to go. Like if I don't make it here in the military, like I can't go back home. So I was like, I have to be the best I can be. So I told myself, like, I will not fail and I will get better. I will get faster. I will get stronger. 
And then me having that, I saw myself literally go in two months from running, I think my mile and a half, like I ran it in maybe 16 minutes, like I totally failed. But at the end of the process, at the end of the um, the two months in boot camp, I was able to run a mile and a half at like 10 minutes and 30 seconds. And that wow. was, just, yeah, and that was all just through my will and determination to be like, you know what, like I am not failing boot camp. I'm not going to send back home. I'm going to join the Navy and I'm going to get through this. And I did. And then that just inspired me to just be like, wow, this fitness stuff actually works. I actually got faster. I was able to see my results, my test scores, everything was improving. And so out of that, I just continued the process and I just fell in love with fitness because I actually saw the results. I saw what, what could happen when you really set your mind to it. That's incredible. Did you have like people encouraging you along the way in the military or like people you admired? You know, there's people who joined from all over the country who were football players, wrestlers. So there's people who had like athletic background and experience. And like, I would always be like, yo, like, what, what are you doing to make you run fast? And they would teach me like breathing techniques that taught me how to like run, how my feet should hit the ground or like things I should be looking for. And I just, you know, I would ask everybody who was doing better than me, performing better than me. I'm like, man, like, how are you so fast? And then I just asked a lot of questions and I just practiced. So where did the health part come into play? Because I know like you eat healthy too, right? Right. So my fitness, I definitely was all about fitness before my health and nutrition. I used to just eat mm. a lot of a lot of junk food, right? So I was young. So I joined the military at 17. I was like 18, 19. I was just, you know, always running calisthenics. And I was like, had this drive for fitness, but I noticed my physique was mainly the same. And I just never took nutrition into consideration because I didn't know anything about it. And I just was like, you know what? I can just eat McDonald's. You know, it's been working. And then I realized like, man, I actually want to push myself further. I want to see different results. And that's when I actually went on my um, computer mm -hmm. and, I, and I looked up how to shred body fat. And I looked past all the pills and protein shakes. I was like, I'm not doing all that because I know like it's going to take work. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I started reading articles, started watching videos on people who just had great physiques. I was like, okay, this, this person looks like they know what they're talking about. I watched the videos, took notes, and then everything was about nutrition. And I realized like these people are not eating Big Macs and, and you know, they're not eating double cheeseburgers all the time. They're actually cooking meals or they're meal prepping or some sort of pr preparation that they're taking consideration, you know, in their kitchen, things like that. And so that's when I made the switch by, okay, you know what, let me start cooking. Let me start eating more healthy. Let me start being more aware of what I put into my body. And mm -hmm. after I decided to seriously commit to that, which was like in 2017, I really saw a difference in my body. Like when, within six months, I was like, wow, I saw a, a complete transformation just because I was able to really change my eating habits. And it was, it just really blew my mind. That's really impressive. What I've noticed, even for my own self working out like, like real time, that stuff needs to be maintained. You don't just mm -hmm. get like that and stay like that and miss like a few weeks of workouts. You know what I mean? So yeah. have you ever struggled with like comparison or did that bother you at any time? Oh, definitely. I mean, comparison all the time, especially when I was younger, because I used to be like the skinny kid in the group and all my friends were like working out. They're pretty big, pretty solid. And I remember I go to the gym just out of, you know, once a year or something, you know, just go with them. And I would always compare myself. That lasted for me for a while, even in my, um, in my military career, just working out. I was always like looking at the biggest person in the gym, all these things. I'll compare myself. But also at the back of my mind, I knew I'm here by myself, right? I'm, I'm living in 
a state with no family. The military has me moving around and I, I'm, I was always alone. So I kind of figured, I was like, man, like, like, yeah, I, I want to be like that. But also like, maybe, maybe if I just keep working on, I keep striving, I keep wanting to get to that point. It just going to take time. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I was always, I'm a very optimistic person. Mm-hmm. So my optimism was like really what kept me going because there were days where I was just like, man, like, you know, I'm tired of being made fun of, or I'm tired of like, I talk about working out and people like you work out and like questioning me and all these things. And it, it got to, it would get to me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Would, and I would definitely feel like what I, what I was doing wasn't working. And that's mm-hmm. what pushed me to like, keep doing more research, digging deeper, and just also just working harder for myself because at the end of the day, it's like, I wanted it for myself. I never knew that about you. So what was your motivation then versus now? I definitely was um, more ego driven when I was younger. So I was definitely mm-hmm. more just like trying to prove something to people and instead of proving it to myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that right there caused me uh, looking back on, I definitely wasted a lot of time in the gym because I was so busy trying to like, like feel like I had to prove something to complete strangers and people who were just like at the time, like, you know, my coworkers and stuff who were in the military, they might throw jokes, they might throw jabs here and there. And, and that stuff, I kind of took it personally. But then once I started to, you know, just just really take the step back, really educate myself, trust the process, I realized like, okay, it's not about trying to prove anything. It's really about, do I really care about my health? Do I really care about my well-being? And then this is like, this is why I'm truly working out because I, I want to live a long life, not because mm-hmm. I'm trying to look good or, or flex and stunt in front of people. That's really powerful too, because I think that comparison sometimes it's equivalent to a reason why people start like Mm -hmm. it could be because someone has the best body or because they feel bad about themselves or they're looking to get someone else's attention. And they think that getting a good body is going to do that. But it really is about improving just the mind, body and spirit. And you do a really positive aura and mentality about you. So would you say that social media, has it been helpful or hurtful to either you or like the people that want to work with you when it comes to like setting goals? Um, as of right now, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely beneficial. I feel like whether people are able to really see me for me or see what I'm really putting out, I just feel like being able to just express and just somehow being able to put out there to the the universe and putting out there to other people to show like, you're not the only one struggling or going through this. And I think mm-hmm. it's just a great way just to help and just show people like, hey, don't get so caught up in your own head sometimes. Like, you know, it's, you know, we are our worst enemies and with the comparison and with everything, you know, it's just, we're all doing it internally. And in reality, it's like, everyone's so busy living their own life and caring about themselves. Like no one's really judging you or caring about what you got really going on. Except it might be, you know, like friends or family or people who doubt you and your capability. You know, you got to maybe switch your friend group, cut a couple people out of your life and explain to them like, Hey, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to change and I need to do better. And that's really all it is. It's like, you know, we just get in our heads and with social media and everything, it can feel real easy to be like, oh, wow, like I don't have the body of this guy or the body of this woman. But really, you don't know how long it took that person to get there. It could have taken them 15, 20 years. And you're only looking at it now. And it's like, yeah, you know, it takes time. People look at me, don't realize like I've been training for almost 10 years now. And my body just shows because it's just I've just been doing this for years. And Mm -hmm. I try to explain to people, it's like, you've got to stop comparing. Yeah, because, yeah, you don't know what your body will turn into or what you're capable of unless you give yourself the opportunity to to do it. I totally agree. My mom actually got me into working out really hardcore 
And she's been doing it for a very, very, very long time. She works out like two hours a day in the gym. Mm. And wow. uh, she has a whole routine, you know, with the sauna and everything. Like, it's a whole routine. And she was like, don't compare yourself to me. You can't do what I do. You're going to be starting out at a different level. You're going to be building up, working towards moving past the burn. And the burn is kind of like the struggle in life. You just have to find your breaking point and then break it because that's where the growth happens. Let's move into overcoming self-sabotage or getting started. You know, like, because you got started because you wanted to prove to yourself that you could do this and that there was no limit for you. So in your opinion, why do you think people self-sabotage when it comes to their health? Ooh, okay. So that's a great question. I can tell you just from my own personal experience of self-sabotage and and just anything, really, it's it's a fear. It's a fear that we have because we're almost scared of being great. We're almost scared of actually mm. being different. There's a lot of voices and a lot of things, scenarios that'll play in my head from my past, whether it's from like my mom or from friends, you know, bullies, stuff like that, saying things that stuck, you know, and like the emotional feeling that you feel when someone tells you no or tells you that you can't do something or when you have an idea and the first thing people do is laugh, that stays on your subconscious mind for years. Mm. And then you have this fear of expressing or actually wanting to be different, especially depending on if you're around people that aren't really about that life, who aren't about fitness and who aren't about anything. And then when you try to sit here and go up to them and say, hey, like I want to get a gym membership. The first thing they do is laugh. That Mm -hmm. right there, depending on your awareness at the time, you might really take that very personal and it'll allow you to be sad and unmotivated and you won't, you won't get that gym membership. And you know, that's a completely normal human response in that situation. But now it's like with the awareness and things that I've gone through, I realized like, yeah, it, it's a fear of being great. It's a fear of being judged and, you know, mm-hmm. losing friends or losing family because you just want to live differently. But I can tell you right now, if you're one of these people and you're listening to this and you have that voice in your head that's telling you, go for it, go for it, go for it. And you're just afraid that you need to figure out a way to cancel out that fear. You have to realize that you're self-sabotaging because you're afraid to put yourself in a position that you've never been in. And you're afraid because you don't know how to maneuver through that, that water. You don't know how to swim. You know, you're so used to swimming in, in three feet, but now it's time we need to go out more. We need to go out to the five foot end. And we just don't know if we'll be able to maintain the, you know, our swimming pattern or we'll be gasping for air. Will we be drowning? But the reality is, is just like, you are so much stronger than you realize and your body is not going to let you sink or drown that easily without a fight or without a chance. Mm. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's not, mm-hmm. you're not going to just allow yourself to just go out there, adventure out and then just completely fail. And your subconscious knows that when you take these steps to for fitness or health or anything that you want to acquire, it knows that in order for you to gain something, you're going to have to lose a whole lot. And that's the fear that we have. And that's what self-sabotage is. It's the fear of just shaping and transforming into a version of yourself that you've just never seen before. I love that you said that. And I could tell you've been doing a lot of mental work, not just physical work, but really like processing how this connects to your life. And mm-hmm. I love that you you talk about the gym membership thing, because I always tell people like when I go to the gym, it's not the rip people or the really buff people that motivate me when they're in the gym. It's the people who know that they have work to do that motivate me, who are in there every day sweating, knowing that they're trying to reach a goal or at least be healthy. I don't really know what their goal is, but they don't kind of look kind of like the average person that goes to the gym, but they're in there working harder than you. 
You know what I mean? It's interesting to watch what are the reasons why people are getting started and what is their motivation. And since we talked about like the mental work, how has fitness helped you in regards to your mental health? So fitness has definitely helped me in regards to showing me like, okay, even in the state of being where I was in, where I was working out and like the, I guess the lack of my, my awareness for myself, I was still able to output a lot of work. And so I was able to look at that as in like, whoa, okay, I was able to physically do all these things still, you know, with depression or anxiety in the process. And then when it was time for me to dive deeper into my mental health and deeper into my, my awareness, I realized, okay, if I was able to do all this physically and I was able to, you know, feel all this pain, all this burning, all the growth, all the ups and downs physically in the gym, I know for a fact, my mind can multiply that work at least a hundredfold because it's, it's in my mind. My mind has no limit of what it can break or what it can overcome. So when it came to that, I was just like, okay, like it showed me, like, if I can do this physically, my mind wasn't in the right place. Now, what can I be able to do with my mind in the right place and then apply it physically? If that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That makes sense. I think it really, it starts in the mind. Like, like they say, like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So that, yeah, that's the thing. I think with me, I kind of started backwards. I kind of started with the body and then me working mm. the body kind of brought me to like uh, working the mind. I think people who are visual learners, that's where it's going to click for them. Because when we're doing all this, this mental work of like starting businesses and trying to work through the struggles in our life to get where we want to get to, you don't see it for years sometimes how far you've come. But when mm-hmm. you're working out your body, it may take some months. Let me tell you, like for things that I was trying to do, muscles I was trying to build, but you start to see the definition sooner. You start to see like, wow, like this is paying off. So if I really like advise people, if you're a visual learner, it's going to teach you something about you're putting in the work mentally. If you didn't think you were, you are like, you just have to see what it takes. You know what I mean? Are you a visual learner? At this point? I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm able to learn in all kinds of ways. I mean, definitely in the beginning, yeah, visually. I would see the visuals. But through that, like I said, now that it's opened my pathway of like mental and creativity and just like, I feel like I can definitely learn visually, through audio, through thinking, creativity, whatever I can learn in. It's just like I'm just absorbing like a sponge and then just utilizing in any aspect of my life right now. That's where I'm trying to get. I'm still super visual, but I'm trying to make sure that like a lot of my senses are in balance. So they're all pretty strong and it's still something you have to work on. But mm-hmm. let's go into the follow through, which is the benefits okay. accountability. Once we get started, how do we follow through? So tell me, how do you define accountability and why is it important? Mm. Okay. So I would define accountability as just being real. You have to really just not lie to yourself. Because if you lie to yourself, you're just hurting yourself. You really have to become your own best friend. You have to really be someone that you can trust and know that, okay, if I didn't do what I had to do today, I will definitely make up for it tomorrow. I won't self-sabotage. I won't you know, say something negatively about myself because that's not what a best friend would do. But a best friend would help me be accountable and say, hey, you know what? You didn't do what you had to do today. That's okay. But let's let's get tomorrow. Let's start back on track because we are human and we're going to make mistakes, but we're still going to be accountable for what we need to do. And I think that's like the, the best way I can define it and why it's important to be accountable in the process is because if you won't, if you're not going to be able to do it for yourself, no one will. You know, and it's that's just it's just that simple. If you can't do it for you, then it just it just won't happen. 
It just, it just won't happen. Your dream, your goals will not come to fruition if you are not there for yourself. And that's why I think it's very important. Like I said, you got to be accountable with yourself and you just can't, you can't tell yourself lies. You can't keep feeding yourself the lies anymore. It's not going to work. How do you hold yourself accountable? Do you have like examples? The way I hold myself accountable is just the relationship I have with myself. Like I, I won't, I won't sit here and lie to myself. If I know like I wanted to do something, then I would just, for example, I'll get a journal. If I say I want to write something down, I get my journal and I start writing. Or if I want to wake up in the morning and go for a run, I have to then set an alarm for myself to then have that run. Or like I'll put things in the position to where I won't make that mistake where I won't do it. Like, for example, if I need to go buy water, right, and I need to go get like a bunch of water, but I've been, and let's say I want to push it off, right? I'm like, oh, I've been forgetting. So now I write like a huge note or I put it in my phone as an alarm, buy water today or do this today. That way it's like, I have no excuse. Like I'm making sure I'm being accountable because I'm utilizing either my phone, utilizing paper, you know, my calendar. I'm utilizing something where it tells me like, okay, like, look, not only did I make this promise to myself that I will do this, but now I have it written. I have it set an alarm. And it's like, and now if I consciously make the decision to not do this, I'm only lying to myself and I'm, and I'm not being accountable. One thing that I admire about you is that you're really good at identifying something before it goes any further. You don't let something linger and let it grow until it's out of control. I know sometimes we all have those moments, but like, for example, like when we're talking about when you're feeling sad or when something mm-hmm. is negative is going on, you allow yourself to feel it, but you don't allow, allow it to linger to where it messes up your accountability for yourself. Exactly. Ain't that right? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I feel like you would be a great accountability partner. So I'm wondering, how can we choose a good accountability partner? Like, what should we look out for if we need some some help, you know, in the beginning? Like, if you're a person that needs help with accountability and you're looking for, like, an actual physical, like, so you're actually asking, like, as a, a physical human being, like, someone else outside of your own mental, your mental self. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a tough question because you're familiar with the term real recognize real, correct? <laughs> yes, I am. I, al- I also believe loss recognize loss. If you're not able to realize that you aren't accountable and all these things, and it's like, how would you then look for someone who's authentically accountable if you don't even have that skill yourself? You know, it's kind of like a hit or miss because you can probably find someone. You, they may look good on paper. They may have a great resume. They may seem like they're accountable. And you start working with them and then they're not really accountable. And then that then furthers your, your disconnect or your trust with people. So I think honestly, wow. the best the best thing I could tell you is you need to do it yourself. If anything, you know, if you're if you're going to pay for a service, please do the research and make sure that you're getting service from someone that is actually that has proof or is able to really communicate and show up and be there and really get that. Like you know, like, and if they don't, then don't let that stop you from finding someone else. Because I can tell you right now, you know, the industry and whether it's like counseling, therapy, all that kind of stuff. Humans, we're all still people. And not everyone, because you have this this license or this certificate or this degree, it doesn't mean that you you still can't be accountable. So mm-hmm. I, I just can say, like, just don't lose faith in humanity. Don't lose faith in people letting you down because it's going to happen in all aspects. And just, you know, if you really need to find that a partner and a person, just do your research and, and, you know, just make sure that you look at reviews, you look at things like that, get a feel for the person and really 
if you feel comfortable and you feel like, okay, this person can really help me, then by all means, trust your gut, trust your feelings and go with it. At the same time, like you said, it, it's self, it's self accountability. At the end of the day, it's like, you're going to need to do it for yourself regardless. So whether someone teaches you how to do it, you're going to have to learn the skill to do it yourself eventually because they're not going to be around forever. They can't help you be accountable for 80 years, you know? So, so at the end of the day, I still, I still recommend digging within yourself and really finding out like what is stopping you from being the best version of yourself. That is amazing advice. And I couldn't have said it any better. I like when I get the chance to talk with you because then I, I look inward. And I think, like mm-hmm. you said, like when real recognizes real, you can recognize things within yourself. That's what we call like reflections when we're like seeing our own self and we're trying to understand and process. So we're coming down to the last 15 minutes. And I want to ask you some special tips or like some exclusive tips uh, for self-love through fitness in 2022. Just a couple of okay. questions. The first question I have, you can give us some tips. How can people shift from making fitness a New Year's resolution into a reality? By doing something physical. I don't recommend going all out crazy. You know what I'm saying? If this is your first time or this is something new to you, then, you know, take it easy. Go out for a walk. Go out for a little jog. You know, do some do an activity that you actually enjoy. If you like skateboarding, you like riding a bike, do something that doesn't require you to overexert yourself physically, but something that you can just enjoy where you just get out the house, just get out the house and do something. That's just start, you know, take baby steps, start small. Awesome. What is one habit that people should incorporate into their everyday life? Positive self-affirmations every day. That's a good one. The final question I have, you have some tips for the listeners before we close. What are some affordable ways to get healthy outside of the gym? Affordable ways. I mean, uh, outside of the gym, you can go to your local park. That's completely free. You can have the time of your life at the park. You can have so much fun there. And you know, I don't care how old you are. You can do the monkey bars. You can go on the swing. You can go. I'm so serious. I know you are. <laughs> I mean, I, I love going through the park and just having a walk. Or if I feel like, you know what, I want to go on the swings. And then like, man, that is a workout. No, you don't. No, you I, don't. I'm, I'm being so serious. I'm being so serious. I love because I love walking. I love to go walk or go for a run. You could just so, see Jafari the swinging <laughs> on the monkey bars and slide for a cool down. I mean, I won't, I won't, I mean, the slides, I'm too big for the slides now, but don't get me wrong. Like I might do some, I might do some pull-ups on the monkey bars. I'll go do some dips, you know, chin-ups. Like I'm serious because it's like, you just don't realize like, wow, like you don't really need a gym to get fit. Like it's, you can, you can just go to a park and it has everything you need and you can just, you can go for a run. You can go, even some parks have like these exercise machines. And it's just like, wow, they actually have machines here that people can just use. I mean, I know right now in the pandemic, everyone's, you know, kind of iffy about touching things, but I'm just saying like, it's there and it's completely free. You just have to drive up, you park your vehicle, you get out, and now you have access to not only a route to run, you have machines to work out with, and then you have just a very dynamic uh, environment where your body can just, you can sweat for sure. You can definitely sweat. So that's okay, that is, folks. That is you heard it here. <laughs> no excuses. 2022. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any upcoming projects or events that people should keep a lookout for? And how can people reach you? Um, right now, I don't have any projects or events. Honestly, people can just reach me just via Instagram. It's just Jafari, J A H F A R I, period underscore. But for the most part, I feel like you just type that in and it'll just, it'll just pop up. I'm definitely transitioning more over to like utilizing my, my personal training 
as now as I'm certified and trying to figure out my way I can really connect and, and expand over social media. But in the meantime, you know, I just, I like to keep it real, keep it authentic. So I love to just connect with people in real time and just in real life. And that's just what I'm doing right now. But I'm always open to just asking, you know, answering any questions people might shoot through the DM or anything. If people want some tips or advice or they just want someone to talk to, I'm always here. That is amazing. What a kind soul. Uh, that was so warm hearted. Uh, well, we're heading into our rapid fire questions. Five questions, okay. five seconds or less. Are you ready? Whew, I, th- I think I am ready. Okay, I got it. I got it. You got this. Okay, question number one. One word to describe your 20s into 30s. Magical. Which book should every young adult read? Biology of Belief. What is one piece of valuable advice that you received from your mom, dad, or mentor? Would you rather have four quarters or 100 pennies? Quality over quantity. Mm. What does success mean to you? Just being the best version of Jafari that I can be. And the final question that everyone waits for at the end of the podcast. What is the current flavor of your struggle with self-love through fitness? I think I'll go with spicy mayo because you know that it's mayo, but then again, is it really? And why is it spicy? <laughs> That's an interesting one. Uh, I'll let people ponder on that one. But <laughs> that was dope. I'm so thankful that you were able to come on, Jafari. Thank you to everyone for listening. And I want to continue to encourage you to embrace these problems, find solutions, and take action for real this time until we meet again, Struggleberries. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>